Music to be played at the Sydney Opera House as part of its 50th anniversary. A concert hosted by Brian Cox, the Professor of Particle Physics at Manchester. No, not the bloke from Succession. With a programme evocative of cosmic wonder. So, Brian, who chose the works? It was a collaboration. So we start with Sibelius's Fifth Symphony, Third Movement, and that came about years ago because I'd asked a friend of mine, who's a conductor, Daniel Harding, a very well-known conductor, and I said to him, what should Kubrick have used in 2001? It was kind of a joke. And he immediately said Sibelius. And so I listened to it and it captured my imagination. It's a celebration of nature. It's famously about swans taken off from a lake in Finland, but it's also about the deep beauty of nature. So it fits magnificently. And also in there, I think you can almost hear every science fiction film theme that's ever been written, <laughs> but it was written in 1915, right? But it's, it's been heavily influential. The last tour I did, the Horizons tour, which is still ongoing actually, and I, I did in Australia last year, that started with that piece of music and we made a sort of a short version of 2001 which opened the show to Sibelius's Fifth Symphony, Third Movement. And also Mahler featured quite heavily in my show and I'd always had the ambition to do this show and present these ideas with an orchestra. And that opportunity came about remarkably at the world's greatest opera house here in Sydney. So I jumped at the chance and then I collaborated with Ben Northey, who's conducted you know, many of the great orchestras around the world, but's based here in Australia and New Zealand. And we spoke in some depth about the ideas, the philosophical ideas behind the concert. And he suggested, actually, that we use the Sprach Zarathustra, or also spoke Zarathustra. It gets called many things, right? but it's a great Strauss piece based on Nietzsche's book. And the more we talked about it, the more we realise that the story, this quest for, as Ben put it really eloquently, I think, he said it's a story of how we as humanity can justify our existence when faced with the unlimited power of nature. Yes, this is quite interesting because theme, the opening, was always played during Apollo when the TV broadcasts were on. I think even going way back to Apollo 11, was it not? Yeah, yeah, and also, very famously, this is 2001, right? We, and actually, the more you learn about Strauss's interpretation of Nietzsche's book, the more I realise anyway, and I have no basis for saying this, but it seems to me that that's what inspired Kubrick and Clark almost completely, because it is 2001, right? The ideas explored in that music. And they're ideas that are raised, not only raised, but thrust forward by cosmology and astronomy. It's how do we justify our existence, as Ben said. But also, I'd always started my Horizon shows, on which this is based, with a question. It's almost a joke. I said, there's only one interesting question in philosophy. So that's the joke, right? Because there are more than that. But So I apologise to all. What is philosophy? But yeah, but apart from that, there are two questions. There's that one. And the second one is, what does it mean to live a finite, fragile life in an infinite, eternal universe? But I think that astronomy and cosmology force you to face that question. And I realised in talking to Ben that this is central to that music, although when Nietzsche wrote his book and Strauss wrote the music, they knew almost nothing 
about our place in the universe. Right? We didn't know at that time that there were galaxies beyond the Milky Way. We certainly didn't know there were two trillion galaxies, give or take, in the observable universe. We didn't know the observable universe is far bigger than that, possibly infinite in extent. And obviously we didn't have theories of inflation which suggest that possibly there might be an infinite number of universes. So we've been, in, in a sense, relegated a lot further since the 19th century. But also elevated, I think, and this is the argument that I make in the performance, the show, whatever we call this great thing at the Sydney Opera House, because we also explore life in the universe, the potential for other civilizations, the potential rarity for other civilizations, and we go on a journey interwoven with the music. And what I hope, actually, and I was talking to Ben about this the other day, we don't really know what will emerge from it, because the idea is this is a conversation between ideas, science provides a necessary but not sufficient framework for exploring these questions of what it means to be human in this universe. And I think, I believe very strongly, that great composers like Mahler, Sibelius, Strauss had a lot to say. So we shine a lot of different lights, I hope, on the problem. Mm. And what comes out is anybody's guess. <laughs> right? yeah. I don't know what we and the orchestra and the audience will feel at the end of the performance. It's kind of experimental in that. It'll expand, will it? Because, you know, with that music uh, having its own time demands, if you go over a bit and you come out at midnight or something. No, the thing about venues like this is they're pretty strict. <laughs> so, so we will finish on time. And you said this place is uh, one of the greatest opera houses in the world? You said the greatest? I'd, I'd argue the greatest. I mean, it's certainly the most iconic. And that's part of it. It's the 50th anniversary of this iconic building, which, if you think about the most famous thing about Sydney, is the, the bridge in the Opera House, I suppose. That, that Everybody knows that skyline. And I think it's a wonderful thing that a place which is designed for this kind of exploration of the, the human condition of art and music and indeed I would say science that's what it's for and the fact that Sydney this city is most famous for that place yeah I don't think there's any other city in the world that's most famous for its opera house yeah it's such an honour what's Manchester most famous for Manchester's famous for several things. The discovery of the atomic nucleus by Rutherford. Manchester United and Manchester City, so football and uh, music, I would say. And it's university. it's university because of those great Nobel Prize winners. Rutherford, of course, from New Zealand. Rutherford from New Zealand, although we claim him in Manchester because that's his Nobel Prize winning discovery. Cambridge also claim him, but I say that he went there later on. Very interesting man. He wanted to be recognised for physics. I think he got it for chemistry. He did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the chemists got their own bag. It's wonderful, isn't it? But the great thing about science and music is that they are the most international of the human enterprises, which is quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and they're different languages. They're, they're universal languages. I mean, arguably, it's it's interesting actually. Would an alien civilization have the same kind of music, the same scales, mm. because they're mathematical in nature, yeah. Yeah. and they would have the same science? Yeah. So yeah, but it's I think. The key to this event is that I do think that science and music and art and philosophy for, and the visual arts and so on, all these are necessary but not sufficient pursuits in trying to understand what it means to be human in this universe. Yeah. Putting them together, it's something yeah. that I, I've wanted to do for decades. Final question, a frivolous one in many ways. My name, which I had first before my namesake, whose name is spelled slightly differently, R-O-B-I-N, the late comedian, often got mixed up. Have you had any problems in recent years with succession? 
<laughs> I know Brian Cox. <laughs> We've had some fun instances. One of them is that we were both on a BBC programme, BBC Breakfast, at the same time, on the same day, and both booked into the same hotel. And the hotel, I got there first, and they got really confused and wanted to cancel his room. And I was trying to explain to them, it was quite late at night, that there is another Brian Cox, there were two of us, and they wouldn't believe me. And in the end, I said, look, no, it's him. And I got my phone out and showed the picture of him in succession. And the, the person behind the desk said, I don't watch television. I don't know who either of you are. <laughs> so, was, yeah. so we've had some confusion over the years, but we're friends. Yeah, well, thank you very much. And uh, I must say, when... Uh, I get introduced to people, you can see the disappointment on their faces. I mean, oh, who? <laughs> it happens a lot, actually. And, and it depends on what, you know, if it's, a, if it's a car that's come round or something, sometimes the driver is an astronomy fan or a science fan and is delighted. And sometimes they're a Shakespeare fan or a succession fan and are disappointed. <laughs> and he gets the same. I look forward to the concert. Thank you. Thank you. And the concerts are at the Opera House. They'll be on November the 30th and the 1st and 2nd of December, hosted by Professor Brian Cox, the Mancunian physicist.